Hello, hello, Lucky and Fishy here from Culturefy, and thanks for tuning into our podcast. Through our series, we'll debunk culture stereotypes through the voices of international students studying in the United States. More people than ever are embracing their backgrounds and identity, and we aspire to define cultural sensitivity and shift paradigms by sharing our experiences in this little world. Today, we're going to talk about common existing slurs against people from different cultures and how xenophobic ideas influenced the mass media and made their way into a dictionary. Most importantly, we want to talk about how these stereotypes that have been spreaded through mass media are affecting the lives of the people in our t- society today. You know, the pleasant, upbeat tune that many of us can associate with an ice cream truck has racist origins. It was called the N-word Love a Watermelon. It was released in 1916 by Columbia Records and during that time, derogatory terms toward African Americans were booming. Terms such as the peanut gallery dates back to the 19th century old southern Waterville where African Americans sat at the segregated uh, section farthest back from the stage due to Jim Crow laws. Uh, they would often purchase the cheapest snack at the time, which was peanuts. Then, a children's show called Howdy Doody adapted the term, and it was used to refer to a group of audience on a live broadcast. So recently, Wet n Wild released their latest holiday makeup collection honoring Charlie Brown and the Snoopy show. However, the, the infamous show is also ca- called Peanuts, and its name is, was also inspired by, by the Howdy Doody show's success. So, do you think is it's like considered ongoing ne- negligence when America claims that it is advancing toward an equal society? Firstly, that was the first time I knew about that fact that's called peanuts because of that. Secondly, um, before I give my opinions, I think it's important for me to take note that I am not from the United States, so I personally haven't lived here long enough to really talk about my experience being um, discriminated or marginalized within this community so i think um, what i would love to do and what i would love other people to do is to always amplify the voices of those who have experienced these struggles being in america and knowing that it's definitely not an equal society um but from my knowledge and what uh, and the education that i have received regarding race and equality in America, I do believe that, firstly, why do they, like, have such a big deal with not teaching race in school? Like, um, you know, the United States is such a diverse community. I would think that, like, learning about history that have occurred on this land would be, like, a very important thing to take into consideration. And secondly, what I don't like is that whenever it's on the topic of discrimination or segregation, they People always talk about it it's like it's a history that happened a long time ago, like a thousand years ago. And America has always been this like equal society. Like they use black and white photos. They say terms like back in the day or like back in like ancient America when the country was starting. But in actuality, the United States have only like been around for a hundred years. And many of these segregation laws and these like discriminations and hate crime acts have been around for like 50 years or someone's like barely someone's lifetime and during those times like picture uh colored picture existed so i don't understand why people always talk like the united states has always been this diverse and equal society when it's very much not so ever since its founding days with 
how the Europeans who the colonists who came here treated like Native Americans. So yeah, I think that those who try to silence the voices of the people who are obviously experiencing like these discriminations behaviors are just I would say ignorant. Yeah, definitely. But I do have this one point of view though. I sat through American history back in high school and my teacher was like a full on American guy from Boston. And we learned about Jim Crow laws, KKK, and then it was so black and white. You know, this happened in, in, in that era. These are the cause and effects, cons, advantages. It was just like, oh, this is enacted by this and that's all. You don't get to learn anything beyond that. Mm-hmm. I think how to teach American history or like how to teach these kind of sensitive topics should be more differently, I guess. Mm-mm. I do understand that a lot of the time people view it's like, oh, there are just policies that no longer exist or people see it as, oh, these are just stories, you know, like these are just stories of the people in the past. So you like the sympathy that people have towards, I don't think it's enough. Like, I don't think um, how we're teaching history about race is enough for people to like fully grasp how terrible it was and how much do we still need to do to compensate it to like provide equity to everyone yeah one thing though like i learned that jim crow laws were enacted in like 17th or 18th century back in the day but i didn't know it continued until 19 1915 which and also it didn't include not just african americans but like indian people and Mm. us mongolians Mm. i definitely didn't know that and after like the jim crow laws uh, there came the discrimination of mass media. So the characters of POCs were played and whitewashed in old Hollywood films in order for more people to consume the media. And that's just the sole purpose of it. So these white actors who also embodied dangerous stereotypes about people of color and appro- appropriated their features and cultures in their roles due to a societal othering and dehumanization of non-white people. It is not only like fundamentally racist, but it's also hegemonic and implies the ongoing idea of social Darwinism back when it started in like 17th century. It's like the ongoing colonial ideas in the 21st century. Mm. So do you remember the cult favorite movie Breakfast at Tiffany's? I've heard of it, but I've never actually watched it. <laughs> so, our favorite, uh, Audrey Hepburn, Holly Golightly's neighbor, Mr. Yunoshi's character mocked Japanese Americans and by their, uh, how they had thick accent and buck thief teeth and basically portrayed a yellow face and the chink stereotype to make the audiences laugh. And it's for a comedic scene, and he's just the side character. For context, Breakfast at Tiffany's was released 16 years after the Hiroshima and Nagasaki bombing. What's your opinion on this? Okay, before I give my opinion on the movie, I better not see any Halloween costumes (laughs) on whoever this character is. Like, I don't... it, It needs to be emphasized that people's culture, just because you don't know a person's culture does not mean you can wear it for a costume, okay? Whether it's Native Americans, whether it's any Asian cultures, African American cultures, any of that, I better not see any of those costumes. Okay, so... Obviously... 
I don't think I need to say whether or not I like this. <laughs> but I think it's so dehumanizing. Yeah, it's such inhumane to just make someone race a comedy, uh, like a comedic object. It's like a race. comedic tool. Yeah, like these people exist. And I'm pretty sure at the time, even if it was like after the uh, Hiroshima and Naga- Nagasaki bombing, and especially when it's post-World War II, there were many Japanese um, refugees living in America as well. Like, there was that even, like, post-World War One, And for the producers of this movie to basically think, like, oh, like, they're Japanese people. They're from East Asia. They have features that are sort of different from us. Yeah, so now and it's we okay can to mock. mock. Yes. And, like, these people live in your country. And I don't think... Um, well, I don't, I'm not sure whether or not people were aware of how harmful, um, the stereotypes they were, are, they were spreading on this media could, like, harm the people living in the United States at that time, but it had to, and now, like, there has been a history of, like, Japanese people and Asian people in general being mocked for any features that they have that is different, um, from European people who lived here. I mean, they could have, like, hired a Japanese actor, and then they could have, like, reflected some of the per- actual personality. You know, Japanese people's amazing personality. But then they decided to make this character aggressive and with actual no personality, and that's what I'm most, you know, oh, yeah. irritated about. I also forgot about the fact that this, this was a Japanese character that was acted by a white man. Yeah, a white man. Oh gosh! And one more thing, I like even though I haven't watched Breakfast at Tiffany's, I still know that's very well known and that it's many people's like beloved movies and it's a classic. But and I think that if you do love the movie, great, that's good for you. But I also think that it's important that we hold, um, you know, such piece of media, no matter of how of a classic it is, accountable. Like just because you love something doesn't mean you have to excuse the problematic aspects that come with it. Exactly. However, I am so happy that Anna Mae Wong will be featured on the new Quarter Coin. Yeah, yeah, she deserved so much better. Yes. Yeah. Looking back, her that the movies she played and uh, back in those years were so offensive. We were just, I don't know, so bombarded by the names, you know. Yeah, the names they choose. Also, we look through um the list of movies that she was in. And they basically, like, the producer back then, they covered the entirety of Asia. Like, there was South Asia in there that she was casted for. There was East Asia, Southeast Asia, and just all sorts of places. Like, they really said, if we're going to appropriate, we're going to do the entire continent. The entire continent. Also, they feel like India is some kind of a different continent, separate from Asia. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was going to talk about it. Of when we mentioned of how like the Jim Crow law segregated um, black people, Asian people, and the Native Americans, how they use the term Indians, yeah, which the term like originated from because like Columbus, Columbus. didn't thought that they were in India, so they called them Indians, and then like they thought that actually India is not a part of Asia when it is. <laughs> I don't even know if they're referring to indigenous people or people from India country right like as someone who learned english as a second language i was so confused i was like 
Yeah. Indian pe- Indian people are supposed to be from India. India. Why are they calling Native Americans Indians? <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, it's it's not a laughing matter, obviously. And I do think that our um, language has evolved to the point where, at least even for me as someone who learns it bilingual, I don't call Native Americans Indians. And I don't think it's taught like that either anymore. So I do appreciate the progress that we have made i don't know about the younger generations i hope that they are aware of that such things i hope they progress more it's not definitely not enough so before i propose this topic i could feel that it's going to be (laughs) very much heated so you go to any random bookstore grab a dictionary and you could find all kinds of offensive words and derogatory terms in dictionaries because they claim it's all for a cultural record and it is crucial part of a language lexicon do you agree with that um, I d- definitely not. I don't think, like, derogatory terms or offensive words should be, like, commonly used, especially f- against the community that it's for. Um, but before I elaborate, can you give us some example of what are some, like, derogatory terms that still exist in the dictionary now. Okay, there's this my personal experience with ethnic slurs that arises in the French language. Basically, any of the Mongolians out there, please, stay tuned. Like, <laughs> I could, could, my guys, my Mongolians, please do not say I am Mongolian in French. That would imply that I have trisomy 21 or a Down syndrome. I was just shocked to learn that we are named after a genetic disorder that causes intellectual and developed developmental delays so you could actually like go to a uh, bookstore grab a dictionary and then there would be this term called mongoloid and people think it's okay but it's really not for this matter i think we should like have some kind of record of course of course we should like have some kind of record in the national archive or anything like that but not not on every single books not on every single accessible books we should have a derogatory term or a slur. So that's my take. So do you have any other experiences related to this? Okay, so I am very thankful that I have been able to always been in a community that is not outright discriminatory of my ethnicity. So we do have, I guess you could say it's a derogatory term. It was from the French. It's um, called Anamit, and that would be called against um, Vietnamese people. So I know it's not a history that is shared. So like, you know, the history of how like African people were shipped to Europe and um, the United States to like fight in their war, be their slave, etc. That also happened to Vietnamese people as well, because we were a colony of French. But I guess it is mentioned in our education, but it was never taught as like, it's not commonly used anymore, or people use it for um, as a derogatory terms against Vietnamese people. So yeah, with that, I would like to ask: like, Do you think that? Do you think it's more effective if we like? I guess take away the meaning and like the derogatory values of a term and basically try to forget about it, or do you think that communities who had that term used against them try to reclaim it as their own? I mean, it depends because, in for your example, people in Vietnam know know and acknowledge this term, and I think if they're okay with it, uh, there should be no issue. But in my case, people in Mongolia don't know about that term at all. They don't know it exists, so I feel like 
people outside of Mongolia talking this bad thing ar- around it. No, they they need to fix that. They need to ask about it. Ask about it first. So yeah, that's my take. Also, also I'm gonna sorry. I'm gonna again talk about this French term. Mm. People people from France. When they when they're asked to like oh name a capital city of China they say Peking instead of Beijing, and oh yeah, I don't think it's right at all. I don't. I think French people should absolutely change this. Chinese people say it's Beijing, so you should follow them, respect them. It's their country after all. What do you call Beijing in your language? It's Beijing. Oh, for us it's Peking, which is pretty close. Yeah. Okay. But I don't. I don't know where the term Peking come from. It isn't Peking a different language. There's this Peking duck. Yeah, that many of <laughs> many <laughs> that, that's what I thought, thought of. Associate of. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's especially very powerful with the communities I see in the United States. Like for example, with the um black community or the African American community, where they're trying to reclaim the N words and a lot of the other slurs that were used, um, against them. And if that works for their community, then I applaud them for that. Yeah, but like, if they say they're okay, we should respect them. If they say mm. they're not okay, we should definitely change our, change our, uh, free phrases and how we say them. Basically, mm. listen to the community. It's what what our message is. Yes. So these derogatory terms and ethnic slurs shouldn't be used by people and the mainstream media when African Americans, Asian, European, and Hispanic immigrants literally built this country and mm. shaped the modern day United States. These were builders. They were thinkers. They were scholars. They were civil rights activists. And I think it's the testimony of resilience. They definitely re- deserve recognition and justice. What's your final remarks? Okay, as an ending mark, um, I think it's like a very interesting uh topic to talk about mass media because these films came out in the twentieth century, and we're only at like the start of the twenty first century, and I think there is not enough progress that is being made. So I do wish that. There would be more representation and more opportunities to be handed to these community who were previously like um, discriminated against and not given the proper opportunities for their talents and their hard work. Um, do you want to add something as a person? Yeah, definitely. When America, United States of America, was found in seventeen seventy six, our found no, their founding father Thomas <laughs> Jefferson said, "It's the land of liberty, happiness, and pursuit." Mm. So they should really follow those words and give ethnic minorities a chance, a, an opportunity, to like a better life. Simply, right? Mm-mm, that is true. All right. Thanks for listening. Us. Uh, stay tuned <laughs> for our next episode. <laughs>